Hello, welcome back. This is episode number 16 of the Indie Game X podcast. And this week, we have Aaron from Midnight Fair Games on the show. If you're new to the show, this is where we interview indie developers and get them to tell their story about the game they're making and how they've got to the stage they're at. So hopefully, you may discover some cool games that you've never heard of. And if you're a developer, it's a good chance for you to come on the show and just tell everyone about the game that you've made. So I'm going to cut this intro pretty short because this is probably the longest episode of all time. I've tried to cut it down as much as possible, um, but I just had a great great time chatting to Aaron. It was fantastic. So let's jump into the episode and um, I hope you enjoy. Let's make a start on uh, this week's episode. And it's been quite a long intro. Uh, unfortunately, anyone listening has not heard the last two hours <laughs> of discussions <laughs> about everything but gaming so we thought we'd probably just record the uh, the gaming part for you so uh so welcome for the first time i've spoken to you this is strange welcome aaron this is the indie gaming x podcast hello thank you richard thank you thank you for welcoming me it's uh been quite a, a short time we've been talking <laughs> yeah just a, just a brief conversation we've had um brief, brief little chat not quite sure what's, what's happened there um <laughs> But anyway, we're on. Hello, welcome. So we are going to run through these questions and let's see where we go. Let's start with with the obvious one. Tell us who you are and what your game is called. Okay, so my name's Aaron and I'm from uh, Midnight Fair Games. And uh, my game is called Dungeon Scale. <laughs> was, that a, was that a short enough answer? I think, I think that was, that was, was good. good. <laughs> uh, that was, that was <laughs> very on point. I mean, I know, we, had a, we had a waffle I'll, waiter. I'll do my absolute best. I, I know you've got to edit this, so. Thank you so Thank much. You. Okay, then, then let's let's go in a little bit more detail because you know it was all right. So I've got pl- I've got plenty plenty for the other questions. So <laughs> no, okay. so we so we've got the first one covered. Great question two. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go all over the place. Don't worry. So oh, okay, absolutely. so dungeon scale and how long have you been developing dungeon scale? Okay, so um, dungeon scale came about in uh just about the end of last year i think probably around november novemberish i'd say um so i think overall it probably been about a eight month development process wow that's good yeah it's, it's good? quite short um i think i think it's fairly good for, for what i've accomplished i think for that time frame i think um given that i'm a, a one-man band that there's um there has been some people assisting um but yeah mainly most of it was done myself Blimey. okay so what type of game are we talking about here what, what um so, what style is it and, and and what you're using to develop it all of those things okay all right so um so so dungeon scale is a local couch multiplayer game which allows you to battle against uh up to four of your close friends or family members in uh and it's a platformer game and the idea is that you've got to get to the top of a dungeon kill a few monsters and grab a few collectibles but you've got to be the first to the top so that's the main aim of the game um and then you've got in between each level you have a score screen and then uh you've also got a shop where you can buy different items uh and it was developed on uh, game maker game maker oh okay mm-hmm. okay so yeah. so it is literally just a I mean, obviously, I've seen well, I've seen it and played it, played a little bit myself. The idea is you you are literally starting at the bottom of the screen, and you have a I say dungeon, 
you have a series of platforms and traps and stuff to get through to get to the very top of the screen. And is it the first person to get there wins or is it a case of high scores or things to collect? Yeah. So, so basically um, I've tried to, the scoring is um, there's a bit of balance in there. So, so winning is number one, you get the most points for winning, winning the round, which is yes, getting to the top without dying, which is, something that happens quite often again because yeah. the uh, the trap and the rest of it every everything's positioned to give a challenge so you can't you can't get a health pickup or a gold pickup or you know ammo pickups without having to go through some sort of challenge you know whether it be a, a, a breakable block or a falling platform or some spikes so there is the thing that if you go through and you carefully collect everything you can also win the round so there's that aspect as well Okay. Um, but the complicating factor is, is I've built in some mechanics whereby if you are winning or you are um, the lead or, or you are the last person alive, the traps and the monsters start increasing their speed and challenge level. So you can't just sit there all day and wait for everybody else to die and you'll have a good time of it, especially in the harder levels because the, the scaling goes up. That's the, that's the whole the trick of the name is scaling for, for going up and scaling for the traps and the, oh, the monsters and things like that as well. So I like what you did there. Yeah, it, was, uh, it, was, it came to me in an idea and it was a fairly simple implementation. Um, yeah, I mean, fairly simple if you, if you don't code like I do. So. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that's that's actually quite um you've got quite a lot going on there really because you, it's not just a it's it's more tactical than I think you really when you first see the game you know it, it's it seems like a race to the top simple I want to say platformer because it kind of is but it's actually quite a lot of tactics involved because if you are up in front you're going to start thinking have I got time to slow down to collect some more coins or whatever but if I do that there's some spikes over there which I always fall foul of. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely, definitely, <laughs> definitely the case. I think, I think playing it because um, I, as I was telling you before, I, I I tested it mainly with my um my kids and my partner, and um that that's all skill levels. Like my son and I always compete at games, and I I mean it's always a race between me, him, and my daughter as to who's the best. Whereas my my partner, she's um not much into games, so she the the fact that she could play it and and relatively compete with us. And it, it it was the idea I was going for was I always love games like um, Towerfall and especially games like Tricky Towers where mm -hmm. Tricky Towers is a wonderful game. I don't know if you've ever played that before. Yeah, no, it's great. I played it with my son as well. Yeah, and I don't know if you notice. I've played many many hours on the game, and if you notice, even the gravity um, and the way the blocks fall, I think that they've got a scaling on that even. So if you're if you're someone who constantly wins, you'll find that gravity, you fall afoul of gravity far more than if you're losing. Oh, so it's like it, it's, the scaling on it is so on point. It, it really is like them. We play it all the time with me and my kids. And it's like the amount of times that one person dominates is very rare. Like, and it's always, I always love the fact it's, it's when you're having your best day. That's what I always, that's what I wanted to get out of the game is even if you're, not great at the game you know you can't do the harder areas of the dungeons you know go through th the traps to get to the chests or something like that you, you still have a good chance to to win you know if you play your best game and you're the, the you know at your level you should win that was what i was aiming for and i think i've got pretty close with it you know yeah and i mean that's very much 
the reason that Mario Kart was so much fun to play. Because if you're in last place, you get the blue shell, you get all the <laughs> stars, don't you? you? Get all the shiny stuff. If you're first, you just get banana skins. You know, I have to diverge from you here a little bit, Richard. I, I was a Sega Sega Genesis boy myself. I know we're about <laughs> the same age, but uh, I didn't I didn't what? get much Mario Kart in my time. I think it was something I missed. Yeah, I know, I know. It was um, it was something something. But we had Road Rash, which was um, a bit tougher. <laughs> you know, as cool kids. <laughs> yeah. You grew up on the rough side of you town. Okay, fair off the bikes and, you know, with chains and all sorts. Oh, I, remember. I loved Road Rash. It was great. I actually bought the new oh, one. Did you buy the new yeah. one? I didn't get the new one. I didn't. I, I wasn't impressed by the reviews. And I think it's one of those games you've got to sort of I, – I buy more cooperative games on um, my PlayStation than I do on the PC just because my kids are my main – co-op friends you know so but now that i know you've got a copy i might have to might have to go out there and get one yeah there you go that's it um, we can have a Sega nintendo fight <laughs> but that is actually really interesting it's the same with like okay sega rally that also had that catch-up mode as well True. where if you were behind you just you'd get the nice little slipstream that will boost the speed oh, i don't know if many games do that anymore i actually haven't paid attention they, they may all do it i don't know but the helping the helping the loser is an interesting it's idea. Really, especially I think if you're going for a local couch co-op, I think if you don't implement something like that, you're just missing out on your audience. Because I think one thing I've noticed, I mean, the fact is that we we play a lot of co-op games in my family. If you don't have that, you know, like my my partner, there's only certain games she wants to play because if she's constantly losing because she's her skill level is just far lower and you know her her, her game ability is far lower she's not going to play you know she loves playing tricky towers because oftentimes she'll beat her asses at it you know <laughs> and it's like you never feel like you're hard done by i think that's the thing that i was trying to get at and i think it's i think yeah i think if, if you don't have that balance and you don't have that all scale then you, you just miss out on audience you miss out on that replayability and i think the one thing i noticed when we were testing dungeon scale with my kids and I was telling you about earlier is we were all having fun. And it was even, even if my, my girlfriend was losing because you're playing the dungeons again, you know, you're going through the levels and you're, you're getting, you know, you're, you're discovering different bits. You find bits you're good at, bits you're not good at. And there's, you know, you get to a certain level and you die on certain things when you first start the game. And then you find the next time around, you're like, well, I want to get, I want to get higher in that dungeon. And there's some dungeons like, um, that go quite, they're quite tall. It's not just, you know, one screen worth of dungeon. You've got, you know, it goes up like it's a good, you know, five, six minutes to get to the top of the dungeon, you know. So there, oh, there, wow. there's quite a bit. Of, I think I think you get a little bit of replayability out of that as well. The fact that if you enjoy certain dungeons, there'll be dungeons that you're like, oh, I don't like this one. That this got all the traps in the wrong places, you know. But there'll be ones where you'll be like, oh, this is this is my jam, you know. This is the one that I'm, I've been waiting for. I'm getting in here. And it was the same with, with 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 me and the kids it was like there'd be certain dungeons where you know my son would be the with the god of racing you know and he'd be like he'd be go, we're going toe to toe and you get right to the top and it'd be the last jump and the last trap you know would make the difference and then you know you discover that one of you'd collected two more gold pieces and that would put you over the top for the next level you know so okay wow it sounds again the whole idea you know i didn't realize that you implemented that in in the game so that's actually really cool um because i remember when i was growing up i played far far too much fifa and pro evo um, <laughs> honestly and, is, is and, <laughs> and it got to the point where friends wouldn't play me anymore they're like no, i'm not oh, playing dear. you rich so i used to this this is the sort of this is where so we need the scale system 
No, what I used to do is lay on my bed upside down and I would only play them upside down to give them a chance. <laughs> Holy crap. That, that is that is an interesting disadvantage. And how many times did they win when you're upside down? Not often. I was like, come on. <laughs> it's not that I'm upside down. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. So that's, they needed a skating system. One handed, you know, Street Fighter. It's uh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that would make an interesting stream in upside down gaming. Yeah. Gaming. Yeah, they, I think you've got your idea for your next channel. That's it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what sort of problem develop? It wouldn't be RSI. I think. I think there'd be some brain issues before that. Yeah. <laughs> I could just turn the camera upside down and pretend I'm upside down. Oh, really yeah, good. you could. Someone would find you out. That'd be like you know that guy that does the um the car karaoke when they all discovered that he's not actually driving. He actually oh, gets towed along. Oh, like no, that really? was that. Yeah. That was discovery it's like well of course he's not driving like he would be pulled over in no time he's paying no attention he's like looking back and like <laughs> yeah the carpool karaoke guy he gets towed in a vehicle and they have a camera on the it's quite quite ingenious how they do it but i just imagine your channel getting uncovered for, <laughs> oh, for, for scamming <laughs> scamming us all these years when you're like a shot <laughs> like just in your bedroom window of like someone with a little spy cam drone camera <laughs> he's not upside down he's never been upside down <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it wouldn't work. My hair's too long. I'd be busted straight away. Oh, yeah, yeah. You'd have to shave your head. You'd have to do it bald. You'd have no, to just... Not no bit of hair would be out of your allowed. You'd even have to shave your eyebrows because people would do, you know, <laughs> facial tracking or something. Oh, you... <laughs> um, I've no idea how it's all relevant now. I've forgotten where we were. Uh, scaling. Okay, so that's really oh, cool yes, you've implemented that. Yes. <laughs> yes, scaling. Scaling was something that I implemented um, along the way. It wasn't something I... I think it was something I, I can't quite remember. Um, it's been, you know, almost 12 months now since I came up with the idea. But yeah, the scaling idea, like all great ideas, it just came to me. And I was, it, there's always a way, I think, a process with game development. I don't know how it is for others um, more talented than me, but for someone like me who's self taught, and I was telling you before, ter terrible at coding, an absolute um, duct tape. <laughs> taper of a coder um <laughs> i try i try to, to use good methods but i think it's always a case if i come up with an idea and I, the ideas are like you know you just they're just like falling in sand you have hundreds of them when you're in that moment of of, of revelation about the game but it that half the half the hard thing is culling down to something that you can implement that's not going to take you far too long yeah of course you, you have all these grand ideas but you know, if it's just a nightmare to code, you just. Well, it, I think it's yeah, just the gonna... other thing is well, when you come up with the idea, because oftentimes the idea comes to you quite late, and I think that was one of them. Is like I designed all the traps and built a couple of the levels, and then I got to this. Then I was like, oh, hold on, this is something I could do. I could I could create some sort of scaling variable based on your rank, and so I had to go back and recreate all the traps and. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> quite a number of objects in uh, Game Maker I had to go recreate, and because I'm not. I'm sure there's someone out there listening who who'll be like, yeah, well, I, you know, as a coder, you could do this in one line of code, probably. Um, if, if, if you if, 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 a better, much far better way of doing it, I guarantee. <laughs> if anyone ever got to look at my code, they would probably buy my game out of pity. I think. Because <laughs> it's <laughs> like, oh my god, it's such a I look back at some of the things I've written, you know, and you do it over the course of the game, and you're like, when, when did what did what did I, what was I doing there? And then you you will be like, I could have just done this. You know, you have the your bright day when you've had your coffee, and you're like, yeah, this this is terrible. What was what was I doing? What was wrong with me? 
<laughs> your own code. But uh, yeah, I have got better along the way, I'd like to think. So wh- where did you get the idea for the game from? Um, so that was, I, I thought that was that was an interesting moment to share because I think, like I was telling you before, I've, I've come up with three games or two games previous that I've, I've worked on and, and never get around to finishing. Um, but this this idea came about, it was actually a, week, a weekend um, with my kids and um, I was looking on the PlayStation store for games, which we often do. And it's it's sometimes the most fun thing we do is we just look on the store and just browse games. You know, the idea is because there's so few sort of local co-op games. There's quite a few, but we've, we we go through a few, you know, we like to play some for one weekend and there's ones that we go back to like uh, Towerfall and um, Tricky Towers over and over again, you know. Um, so we, we were browsing and I was just, you know, I was at a loss. I was really after playing something like, you know, like a dungeon game. I really like Gauntlet. Gauntlet's a really fun game. I don't know if you've ever played that one. Gauntlet. Uh, no, I don't think I have. I know it's a classic. Yeah, it was like an original, uh, it was an arcade game. But what they did really interestingly um, on the PS4, and I'm, pretty sure i've got this right is with the wizard class instead of just pressing a button to cast spells you have different combinations so it's almost like a street fighter type thing where you've got to pull off a combination so it's really interesting when you're sort of under pressure you've got to kind of pull off this combo of moves to kind of get it going and it's just um yeah anyway so the point i'll get i'll go back to my point now um the point of what i was trying to make is um (laughs) basically i was looking for something like that and i was i was sort of like a oh, dungeon game you know something like this and then i'm like and of course i'm always thinking you know i want my partner to play i, I want her to get involved because it's always so much fun when there's four of us just going at the game and then i was just like it came to me i was thinking it was lying in bed i was literally going to sleep for the night and it was just it's often that 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 tired state you know that writers talk about just before you go to sleep it's almost like an opening of your mind that happens before you fall into that dream state. I just came up, I just sort of thought of this game and then my mind went, well, you could do that, which it often does. Um, you know, it, it jumps to the gun quite often. You know, <laughs> it's, it's often wrong. <laughs> so I had to, I had to have a good long, hard discussion with myself and I, I got my um, phone out, got my notepad document out and just started like I often do when I come up with an idea, I'll just jot down a few lines and, you know, it'll it'll be like it'll form very quickly. Like it formed very quickly into something. Like it started with the first thing I I think I had was I, I came up with this idea, and then I said to myself, okay, so what would I need to know? Because I obviously knew a bit about coding at the time. I tried to make a couple of games before, so I had a, a base of coding knowledge in, in Game Maker. So I was like, okay, so what could I actually do? And then I was like, the hardest thing that i didn't know that i could do like i wasn't sure that i could either work out or find a way to do was the views because the way game maker works is it's set up with views so when you when you look at dungeon scale there's four views visible and those four views are independent of each other yes so yeah. oh okay yeah, yeah. So yeah. just like your standard game is just like if you look at something like um say like towerful it's generally it which i think is actually made in unity but it's just it's the one view so you're only seeing one screen with people jumping around on it which is it which i thought was um probably um would be easy easy to do compared to the views but then the next day the next morning full of inspiration i jumped on the computer and i made this most basic of, of levels and I sat there with my girlfriend and, and we sort of just like we, all we had was a few platforms and two views sort of set up with black and white and a couple of these characters that I'd borrowed from somewhere else. And I said, oh, let's let's have a go. And um, we had fun. She was she was she was dead set on racing me to the top of the little five <laughs> stack of things and she lost. 
she did lose. I'd like to put that on records. <laughs> there was no scaling mechanic at that point and there was no traps, but I think she bet me once, but I think there might've been some cheating involved. I'd like to say, <laughs> but it was, it was just sitting there as that revelation moment where I was like, Oh, this is, this is actually fun. And I was like, that's, I think what drove it from there was the fact that it was just, and it was genuinely fun. Like we weren't trying to have fun. I was just like, can you come here and just try this out so I can see that the keyboard keys work and everything does what it shouldn't. It, was, it worked. And I was like, from there, I just, it just grew on me. You know, I think it just grew like any good game did. And I originally had bigger plans for it. I had much bigger plans, but um, yeah, that's, that's where it all began. Okay. So that's a great, it's a great sort of natural story, which is really nice, isn't it? You know, you didn't have some, you didn't map out, what, what is the thing that's going to sell the most copies of? What do I need to do to make the most appealing game to a certain niche of people? Which, you know, I'm assuming, I don't know, a lot of games are built that way. Find out what you want to make for someone else. I think I think you can tell. I honestly think some games, are, uh, if you've got a really good company that's a bunch of skilled people working on a game, I, I, I think it's very hard to tell what, what the original thought was. And I think obviously the bigger the game studio, the more organized it's got to be. But I think the best games just come from those ideas. Like I, I had two games before that I told you about. And I think the other thing, like, like you said, it's like you, you can kind of, I think you can kind of feel the contriveness of games. Like there's games out there where you play them and you're like, there's, there's no love in this game. There's no, there's no, no. there's no passion. You know, it's like someone's just put together a bunch of mechanics that they think will sell yeah and it, it, it kind of it's like you can it's like listening to pop music almost it's like there's just there's no soul in it you know you can always no, it's just box ticking isn't feel it that soul in it. yeah and i think that that's what made this game finish as opposed to my other games is some of them were too grandiose in their scale on but yeah i think i think you know when you're sort of driven by this i think it's good to be driven by something that you want to play like you were saying before you were telling me about you know, indie gamiacs and how you you came up with the idea for for the podcast. I think that was interesting as well. Yeah, so I think you should do some sharing as well, Richard. I think you should tell the listeners because <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that's a very that's a very natural thing. I think it's almost like coming up with a game idea. Like you found something that you enjoyed that you were good at, and yeah, you sort of had a knack. I think yeah, you 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 discovered something, and it's like you have a passion for it. I think that's that's what made it come it, about. You know. Yeah, it does make a big difference. But it's, again, it's nice to hear. And it's um, okay. So, so you have this, you have this idea in the middle of the night. Do you then start mapping out a plan? How much of a plan did you map out, or were you literally like building it block by block? Did you think, okay, so this is going to be the scale of the game. This is my my action plan to attack it. This is what I'm going to aim for. And or was it you just literally sitting at the computer thinking, how do I get this block here? Well, let, let, let's put it this way. With the, with the first, so I, I might. Do you mind if I just give a bit of a history of my game development because it might make a bit more sense it's, giving context that's helpful. It's the next question. I'm going to ask. How did you know how to do this? So I um I started the next day, obviously doing the views and doing a little bit of testing because I think I had to get that question out of the way. I had to know because all the all the the platforming mechanics were were fairly straightforward i mean the pickups and stuff like that i'd done in my other games so i knew that but i did this time around i was very aware that scoping was something that i needed to focus on because every game suffers from feature creep but it doesn't even matter if it's a triple a game i think 
anytime you come up with a great idea that's just too good to put down, it's like you just it's hard letting go. It's really hard letting go. And um, so, so I did, I did, I sat down with a um, big A3 uh, a grid pad and just started doing some flow charts uh, of menu systems and just of overall game design. So it was, it was very, very um, rough, but I, I do remember, I think it was either the next morning or the day after, but I sat for a good hour or two just doing all these flow charts and looking at it and sort of analyzing in my head what would be needed for everything to try and i guess try and scale the game to a sort of a, a, a doable size because it's for me at least it, it, as a solo developer I, my whole motivation lasts for a very specific period i sort of have these very intense periods where i'm working my day job and then i'll do an eight hour stretch after work and it will be no gaming nothing outside of my my passion at that point which will be the game i'm working on so i did that up until probably december january before that sort of started becoming impossible and i i just couldn't look at it anymore and um then i just put it away and then i came back in april and it was the same thing so yeah i definitely definitely had some version of a plan but it, it, it you know i don't think it would be i think there's there's people out there who plan far more than I do, but I'm, I've always been someone who, who pre I prefer to, to have some excitement in what I'm doing and have some freedom. So getting that balance is hard, you know, like not giving yourself too high a, a benchmark. But then again, like I was saying about the, the whole trap mechanic, it came to me further down the track. So, you know, like, I mean, that's an obviously just, a, just an idea that came to me, but there were certain features that I sort of came up with along the way that, you know, with coding, it's like, it's always good to have things built in and you know if you put a variable in somewhere you know to to replace just a value that you're typing in it's far easier down the track like a, a, with the score system when i started um, balancing the score system i went through and i had to replace every single value with a variable so i could put it in one place which is just a logical thing to do when you're programming because i was so i was so keen on getting it done it was just yeah, you just you know, some more planning is probably uh you know would have been would have been good. Where did you learn how to do programming? Where did all this start from? Because you obviously didn't just you didn't decide to learn programming at the same time as you thought about making a game, did you? <laughs> yeah. Did you? <laughs> uh, well, originally, uh, going back a few years now, I learned how to do some basic coding in um, C plus plus. I made um little hangman program and things like that but yeah the the original the original coding and, and knowledge came from just making games I, I literally as you said you didn't just start my, i did actually just start making games i'm a very impatient person by nature and um it came about i was reading an issue of pc power play about hotline miami um and they were talking about these two guys um i think who now run devolver digital i believe that oh. that's their their company they um they're more of a um, production company now than they are actually a game company. They, they they sort of host indie games, I think, or they um they help other developers publish their games. But originally, I believe they were the ones who made um, Hotline Miami. Don't quote me on that. I'm not 100 percent sure, but no, it's originally recorded now. Two, yeah, no, it's recorded now. Someone's gonna someone's gonna correct me, but <laughs> I'll, I'll find out. We'll all learn together. <laughs> um, but I was reading the article. It was like I think it was round circuit. Whenever it came out, I think the game came out in 2014. But they were it was even before that. And I was talking about these two guys in their house making a game with Game Maker, and it was all an article. Um, 
just about the viability of the platform and just saying, look, it used to be, you know, something you can make Pong on and you'd never make a commercially viable game, you know. And I've always been interested in game making, I think, in some regard, but I've just, I put it away for a long time um, because I just didn't think I'd be able to do it. Like like I was telling you before, I'm not much of a coder, so there was no accessibility for me back then. It was, you knew C++, or, or you knew someone who could program who's willing to help you make a game or you, you just, you couldn't do it. It was just infeasible. Like we had a friend um, of mine who could do a basic game and we tried at one stage to make like a tank game. And I remember it took him a month just to get like a cube moving around the screen because he had to program all the graphical components. So when, when I found out about game, making, that's when I sort of became a bit serious about it. And I went, I'm going to make a game. I said, these guys can do it. I'll do it. And so, yeah, that's when I started my, my first project, Black White Tray, which was this top-down shooter, which was um, a vector-based graphics type deal that was um, far too detailed, <laughs> far, far too detailed. Like I remember <laughs> at the time I had, I had a girlfriend and I was recording on my little digital camera, 30 seconds of footage of her, like getting on top on a, on a chair and getting her to do like little rolls, forward rolls and back rolls for the character because the character could roll. That was part of the mechanic, Jesus. getting her to like pretend to die. And I was literally filming this and then I was taking the footage onto my computer and then putting it into, into Illustrator and then drawing vector-based graphics on this for my main character. Oh, That's, my God. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. And I think like time-wise, I probably spent double the time that I spent on that than I did actually on Dungeon Scout. <laughs> in the sky and it's still i think i've got it somewhere but i think the end of it was like i had it was like a thief based simulator where you had like a choice based progression system through like 20 levels which i thought at the time was 20 levels (laughs) yeah easy 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 game easy let's go (laughs) 20 levels levels, nothing nothing to sneeze at and um so um let, let's just say I, I i remember i was working on a door like i had this really cool door pick mechanic where you go up to the door you could pick the lock and then it would come up with like this little little um circle of a lock on a screen and then you'd have like these little points would appear and you had to click on those points and depending on the complexity of the lock would depend on how fast you'd have to click them or it was like your lock picking skill or something oh and it, then God, it would make yeah. this and it had like sound effects like had sound effects off the bat <laughs> it's like gun sound effects everything and yeah i mean i had shooting i had like um so reload went- i had oh, i went ham with everything it was it was fully over the top and yeah i had no concept of like uh, a scope i guess scoping you call it scoping but like so putting an hour time frame into things and and that i just went ham and I thought my my pure grit and determination and just forcefulness would get me there. It did not. It did not get me there. So did, that was something I, I guess I learned from that project. Did you finish it? No, no. That project sat. That that project died a, a long death. It it died the death of. Um, I just I just realized like I, I realized I got halfway through. You know, six months in, and I had one level. I had one level and I thought, well, I need to do some level design. I started doing level design. I was like, this is ridiculous. Like I started making this intro, like there was this intro where this limousine pulls in and then you get thrown over the fence. And then for some reason there was like a crazy cat lady because I started making like these little little spikes for cats. And I was like, like, I like meow sounds that I'd made myself that I thought were quite hilarious. So I just sounds amazing now. 
it was quite the adventure. Um, I should probably just release that little intro and people will be like, what is this? Definitely. Nonsense? This yeah, sounds that, amazing. Uh, but do yeah, you, it was, it was quite the adventure. Do you think, do you think it's actually quite important that you went through that stage of realizing how, how long games take to make and, and things that you shouldn't do? Did that, did that experience teach you how to make this game? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. You, you, you're spot on with that. I think, and I think I, I'd be very surprised to see if it, there's anyone out there. Um, and I'd love to meet them who, who first time sat down to make a game actually finished their completed concept, because I just think it's one of those things you can play thousands of games, but understanding how long things take is just one, such a big component like the second game I made, Shafted, which I'll talk a little bit about now just because it gives it a, a better concept. So after that, after Black, White and Trey, I moved on to Shafted, which was a game, uh, I think I ended up calling it Colopsia because there was, there was, there's a song by um, Queens of the Stone Age that I thought was really cool. And it's got this, this meaning I can't quite remember. It's like a, like a state of like, it's like some sort of dreamlike state, I think. I can't remember the exact definition, but, but look it up. It's, it's quite an interesting, interesting meaning of the word. But the idea was I would make all the graphics in Game Maker. I limited myself and said, no more, no more Illustrator, no more great vector graphics. Everything's going to be done in the game, which is, if you know Game Maker, Game Maker's got something like Microsoft Paint with um, a few extra features. It's a little bit more detailed than Microsoft Paint. It's a pretty decent pixel editor, but it's... Um, it's very base. It's like you've got, you know, you've got, you know, you 16 bit colors and then, you know, you've got your, your color palette and then you just paint your pixels on and then that's it. You can make uh, animation by adding another, you know, another uh, sprite into the image and then off you go. So I was on the right track with that. But again, it was just feature creep with that game. It was just, I didn't make any levels. I, I just spent all my time. I, I, I made a game where you could, it was sort of, um, Shafted was like, it was a story driven platformer where you could mine blocks um and i had a, i actually had a really cool storyline like I, which I, th I thought was pretty cool like the idea was <laughs> it's so convoluted it's like you're actually a clone this <laughs> was the base uh -oh. of the game yeah you were a clone so so elon elon husk had, had, <laughs> had basically taken over the world with his technology and what had happened is because earth had been just basically devoid of resources all the rich people had gone to live in a spaceship, kind of like that. Um, what's that movie with um, Matt Damon? I think where they all live in this this place in the cloud, and like Earth is kind of like a wasteland. Oh. Something along those lines. And basically, the only jobs left available were these deep mining jobs. So you had to go down these shafts to get these minerals out of the deep earth. And so, you know, and basically that there was there was the, the surface level mining, which was, you know, deathly and, and horrible. And then there was the deep level mining. And basically, you know, there was like a lottery system. And the, the principle was, is your wife and kids had, had been sent off, right? Um, and you, so you were trying to get back to them. So the only way to get there was to win a ticket. And that was to go to the deep mines to get what they call shafted. So, <laughs> so if you got shafted, you had, a, a, you basically won the lottery. But the thing is like, what people didn't know is, and you realize throughout the game is the fact that nobody comes back. Like it's a death sentence. You literally get sent down into these mines and they're full of monsters and creatures and a sentient AI that's kind of taken over the whole place down there. And you'd meet all these miners. Oh God. Yeah. I, when I get out of control with an idea, I go fully ham. Mind <laughs> you, I had, I had, I had the start where you woke up in a clone chamber. Um, 
which I don't think, I don't know if you, I don't think you knew you were a clone. I think that was sort of like the whole thing. And so, yeah. you know, you'd get to the end of the game and the idea was, you'd, you'd, you know, you'd get up there and like you'd get to, you know, you'd get launched up and then you'd find out the whole story would end and you'd be like, well, actually I was a clone the whole time. Because I think I was playing um, Soma. I don't know if you ever played the game oh. Soma. Oh, Very great game. I not, think I've not had to throw it. Any but it's got some, it's some interesting really interesting storyline it's a wonderful game absolutely wonderful journey and it really gets you it, it's one of those things where you're you're in the, the mode playing a game and it just twists on you and you just twist in such a wonderful way that just gets you thinking you know which i think any really truly great game does is okay. just you know, I've got, it's in my library yes definitely definitely crank it up because i think at least get you know half an hour in and you know get past the intro sequence because it's quite a dark game but it's a wonderful it's just a wonderful journey and, and just yeah a great discussion point i think as well okay all right interesting i'll uh i will definitely take a look at that um so i, that I, is... I would list that as my number one game uh, oh, wow. of all time yeah so that's okay. that's and i played a few wow okay I'm gonna have to play it now, of course. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Dungeons and Scales, my game. <laughs> go buy that one. <laughs> Everyone's pausing the podcast to go and buy Soma. Now, seeing if it's on discount on Steam now. <laughs> you just keep talking. I'm just going to check something. Yeah, sure. I'll just keep talking about. So, yeah. Um, so, tell us a little bit more about Soma. What's the... <laughs> yeah? Just... Um, right. Great, so, great. what about? You said that you had a couple of people helping you, but it was mainly you. So who are the couple of people or what did they do? I'd like, do you, what I'll do, are you happy for me to send the details after the podcast? Because I'd like to, I'd like to just have their Twitter account details there because they were, they were great to work with. Really, Of course, yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. leave all show notes in the uh, show notes, believe it or not. So, so I guess um, one of the things with Dungeon Scale is um, I discovered itch.io and the wonderful talented people there who yep. sell packets of, you know, like um, assets that you can use for your games. So obviously knowing what I did about my last two games and I, I can I can make a decent game. Like if you look at the intro to Dungeon Scale and the tower and stuff, I did all that pixel art myself. It is good. Um, apart from the logo, I should say, because that was um, one of the things that's absolutely fantastic and I'm really happy with that was done by an artist. But um, yeah, firstly, the itch.io artists were just, there were so many good assets that I got from there that just made the whole process so much, so much better. Like with the um, with Dungeon Scale as well, one of the interesting things that I did with the um, level design is each of the blocks is just one object. That's one of the coding things I was pretty proud of. One of so whenever you place a block, it has a set of sprites that it chooses from based on where it's located in the world. So level building is actually quite easy because it's one of the things I'm not. I'm not not one of the things I love doing is building levels. So it, having that just made less coding for me. I didn't have to go through the level editor because when you when you make levels in Game Maker, you have to drill down into your tree and then drop the block. So just having one block to drop rather than you know a, a bunch of subset folders that you have to go through for each individual platform is just a time saver. But yeah, having having those artists make those wonderful packages for for prices that are actually affordable for someone who's making an indie game was 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 one of the big helps. But the uh, um, the other the other people who helped me was um there was a uh, a person by the name of Azuna Pixels. I think it's a woman, but um, we, we never. I think she's female, just based on her art, which I might be wrong about. But she, um, I found her on Fiverr 
um, to start with because I was sort of looking again along the um, the cheaper options for for things. And I, I hired her, and she did the um, the ninja character. So all the characters are animated by myself, um, except for the ninja character, because I originally started with the ninja character and I made such a poor job of it that I just <laughs> didn't trust myself to do it again. So I thought what would be fun is I saw her her graphic style and I was like, actually, this is kind of almost what I was doing with mine. And I just thought it'd be nice to get someone else involved. And it really added to it for me. And and she was she was super professional. I mean, the price for the sprite was really reasonable for what she did. And um, she matched all my expectations. She was really happy. Like she, she was very flexible as well. Like I, I did the coloring in the game as well. So I changed the color of the sprite and, you know, obviously with artists, it's like, you don't want to yeah. edit their work once they've done it, you know? So she was happy with me to make a few small amendments to the sprite and, you know, and she was, yeah, so, so she was, she was very helpful. And the other one, um, which is the, the most noticeable one is um, the, the, my, my logo, which was done by a guy called Padler who's um, uh, a very talented pixel artist. Like you should definitely check out his work. He's done an amazing job. And he was, he was an absolute pleasure to work with. And the funny thing was, is when I first started talking to him, I was actually chatting to him on Discord. And I, I thought he wasn't that interested because I sort of, I, I went on um, artist, oh, I can't remember the name of the, there's, there's a website where he had some of his work up. I think it's artistry or there's, there's a pixel artist website, uh, website, but I sort of, I looked him up on there and I was just looking at these, I, I wanted a really nice logo design for Midnight Fair because, you know, I really, you know, I, I was happy to invest some money into it. Like it was something I wanted that I wanted to keep going forward. I wanted for my, for my Twitter account and stuff like that. And I, I came across his art and there was a few artists that I messaged that just, I got no response from. So when he responded to me, I was sort of like, oh, okay. Maybe, you know, I was a bit tentative. I hadn't really dealt with people before, but I started chatting to a Discord and then then he, I was sort of like, you know, giving him all these ideas and trying not to be sort of too forceful and trying to, you know, but convey my point at the same time because <laughs> yeah, I know it's exactly really hard. What in my head. And I kid you not, he just disappeared for five minutes and I was like, oh, I think I've, I think I've gone too far because, you know, it was, he, he, he's, I think he's Ukrainian as well. His English isn't hundred percent. He's quite, quite, quite he, he, like he fully understood what I wanted. Clearly by, by the end of the story, he'll understand because he went away for five minutes and then he goes, I'll just hold on. I'm just doing a, a, a draft. And I went, what? And he said, yeah, uh -huh. I'm just doing a mock. And he came back and I kid you not, it was amazing. Like he came back and I was just like, that's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> and I mean, I had, a, I was like, I want a logo. I want some, I was like, cause he had, does a lot of skulls and sort of like, you know, dungeon sort of stuff. And I was like, Oh, can I get some skulls? And there was this really cool guy who was like super detailed. I was like, Oh, can I have something like that on top? And he's like, Oh, actually what I'll do is I'll do a, um, uh, was it like an idol type symbol? And I was like, oh, yeah, that'll look cool. And then he just came back with this thing. And I was like, yeah, that's fantastic. And I was like, can you just do this a little bit differently? And yeah, and he, um, I think I gave him, I think it was, a, I, I gave him a fairly long time scale. Like I think he, he normally works for quite short time scale, but he had like, um, he said he normally does it about two weeks, but he took about a month, I think, um, which was fine with me because I wasn't, I wasn't releasing anything in that time frame. But yeah, he did a wonderful job. Like, I mean, you just look at my logo and it's just, yeah, it's absolutely. so eye-catching most engagement you know it's so, it's so wonderful it's just um yeah and he even like after i'd paid him for the work he came back and um he just looked at it and he was like no 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 i want to fix this this and this so he actually you know he was very yeah. professional and very very easy awesome. to deal with very very friendly guy um and you know we're in different time zones so like same with azuna i think it was just great like just getting people from around the world just helping out with something that i was working on here felt so good and I'd encourage it. Like, I think if you're, if you're listening and you're thinking about making a game or you're working on a game, I would say if your motivation is waning 
and um you know you, you know you've got the funds to spend a little bit even if it's a you know a couple of dollars on a, a sprite or whatever i'd do it i'd do it even if it's each i.io um the guys on there or, but just getting someone involved was just it, for me it was so motivating you know yeah not it just help not, yeah it really was the deciding factor i think to to make sure that the, the dungeon scale was finished you know Brilliant. Well, we'll make sure we leave links to everyone mentioned in the show notes, just in case anyone wants to, you know, uh, get some work done. And fantastic. Right. I'll okay. Stop, I'll stop talking. No, 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 no. It's fine. It's totally fine. Like I said, it's it's good to get some details about about what else goes on. So now, I'm scared to ask the next question because I've got a feeling you might have some answers. Are you ready? I post answers to any question. That's the way I can. <laughs> so has anything surprised you or troubled you during development is there anything that's uh really stuck out in your mind that you've either been stuck on or you wasn't expecting yeah i think i was talking to you before um there was two things that i think were really challenging with regards to like development i think one of them was the score system i really had no idea how hard it was to do scoring um and do it well i guess um i think i did a fairly good job of it but just even just designing the score system took so long like i allocated a, i was sort of doing things weekly basis and i sort of thought a oh, score system that'd be done in a week you know of my eight hour day type thing um but it ended up taking me i think a good three or four solid weeks of, of work just to just to get up and running one of the hardest parts was just i was telling you before i'm terrible at maths was getting the um <laughs> The like the outcome of four numbers and ranking them, which I ended up doing um, after I found a tutorial on how to how to sort lists, and even then it was a bit of trial and error just to put the numbers in and then work out that they were ranking them correctly. You know, because you've got to try you know a, a factor of different variables to to make sure that they're actually scoring correctly. You know, so um, that was one of the hard things. The other thing that really really threw me because um i had mo i've got moving platforms in the game and um <clears throat> i've implemented something to keep the game running quite smoothly because game maker is fairly efficient but um when you're talking about the length of levels that i've got um having four of those running with moving characters and the way game maker works is if you've got a level which is a room um the whole thing is running the whole time so all the monsters at the top of the level and the bottom of the level are all moving they're all doing collision checks. They're all doing these things. So when, when I was running the bigger level, when I first made the bigger level, I was like, oh, crap, this is terrible. you just unplayable. It was running so slow. And I'm like, I, I just was at a loss because I, I hadn't anticipated this. I just sort of thought, well, it's all sprite-based. It's all instanced. <laughs> it should run fine. I mean, you know, and but I've got like, you know, decent gaming rig. So it was just dying on mine. So I was like, this is not, you know, I'm trying to sell it as something that people can play on their keyboard, you know, for, for, for <laughs> yeah. the people who it's, you know less but good computers they could play it so i was like oh i need to fix this so i, I came up with this um i came about some tutorials about frustrum culling which um if wow. you don't know what it is it's a no um, a very fancy term for basically saying draw what's on the screen and forget about everything else um so i had to work out how to do that 
Um, and I had many hours of my characters falling through levels. And one of the other things that happened was um, I was talking about the moving platforms before is I was getting the game just freezing up on me. And it was really sad because it was one of the first weekends I got my kids around and we sat down to play the game. I had the, the, the computer in the lounge room with all the controllers all connected up, the Xbox, the PS4, and all the, so I could test everything. And then, you know, we got through the first level, got to the second level, and it's going fine. We're having a great time. And then the, the game just freezes. Oh, and I was like, man. oh, God. And the worst thing about a crash to desktop is there's really no error message. Um, I don't think there was anything to work off. I think I think there might have been something in the code when I reloaded the game. I can't remember with Game Maker how it works. But something triggered at me that the platforms, and then I was thinking about the way Frustrum Culling works is it deactivates an instance. So it just turns it off, basically. And then when it comes on the screen, the whole screen is drawn as you go. So as you're moving, it's kind of drawing stuff just a little bit above the screen. So those things are just being activated. So I realized what was happening is because it was a moving object, it was clipping. And the same thing with um, a lot of the monsters, like the slimes and the bats, they would have the issue that they would clip and they would um, they would fall outside the level because obviously they're not getting hit into a solid object. Yeah. So... It was that, but the freezing was was the hardest thing. But once I once I worked that out, and and the funniest part was is um I ended up recoding all the platforms. Excuse me, so I could do vertical platforms as well because vertical platforms, no matter what I did, would just not work because of the way if they're moving upwards at a certain time, there would always be a time when they'd fall off the they just disappear. So they'd fall through the level and off they'd go into the ether. Um, but I actually coded them so if, if you play the game and you move too far away from the platform, now it will actually stop moving. And that's coded in that way. So I did, and I did that, and it was completely pointless, I think, because I think I've taken out all the vertical platforms. <laughs> and there's, there's a bunch of coding in there that I did that I didn't need to. So yeah, that was definitely one of the challenges. Well, um, okay. Well, I'm, I'm skipping the question here, but what on on the same vein is uh, is that the thing that you spent the most time on, or is there something in the game that you spent way too long doing? I think the characters. I think the characters were probably the big one. Art is always something that takes the longest time if you're doing it yourself. Like, and I guess I spent the longest time on that. That 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 tower. That tower took me an entire, I think, twelve hours, which is probably not that long when you consider it's got a lot of detail in it. I was drawn. It's a pixel drawing with me clicking the mouse. It's not. It's, I don't true. know if you see. It's, it's it's quite a long time, and I'm not. I, I'm not at all talented. I think it turned out pretty well, but I'm not a talented artist. I, I make do like I do with my coding but yeah I think the characters I think I I was pretty good with the characters like I think I started with a decent base and I I worked from that so I think but I I think I probably spent I wouldn't say too long I think I just spent probably I think too long I think yeah just I I think some things took longer than others I don't think I spent too long anything I was pretty happy overall with the time I spent, I probably should have done more level design. Like the game, it does only have eight levels. So it is pretty short. There is uh, ways to have different combinations of levels. And uh, the way the levels are set up, the replayability, I think you get a fair bit of replayability out of those eight levels, just due to the fact that, you know, if you're playing a quest game, which is only three levels, it's one small, medium, large, you're not playing the same as if you're playing the other one, which is like four, five, four and five. So there's sort of like five different scenarios. You can have a new quest, journey uh adventure and then epic i think it is i think that's the 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 way it's set up but they're all um they're all dispersed so you're not always playing the same combination i think because you die often uh, because it's quite a difficult game 
you get a lot of replayability out of it. So, yeah. but yeah, I think I should have probably spent more time developing some more levels and stuff like that. But I, I focus more on quality. Like I, I focused on getting balanced levels and making sure that there wasn't, you know, too many issues with getting up because the the jumping mechanic I think is is quite hard to get a nice feel for the platforming mechanic. You know, so are the characters? You, so you've got lots of different characters to choose from. Um, but are they just cosmetic? There's no advantage picking the ninja over the wizard. There is, is, there is, there is slight differences. There is slight differences, mm. and I, I, I'd like to apologise to anyone who tries to work them out off the bat because it is something you need to play to sort of work out. I, I designed the um, the hero select screen quite early on, and just due to the way I designed it, it was going to be too much work for me to go and redo it to make it a little bit clearer. I did redo the interface once already for everything to make it look nicer, but um, I wasn't willing to go to that that nth degree for the um, things. So basically, I think the way it works is the wizard. He is. He has the cool fireball ability, and there was one, one thing I'm really proud of. I'm going to say is, that if you hold down the button, he does like this holding the the fireball before he throws it. Oh, nice! And that actually caused a really horrible bug at one point because of the way the code was done. So it used to crash the game, but now if you you can do it, and I've, I've worked a lot of time getting. But he, he he can unlimited fireball, but the thing is, his mana regenerates slowly. So he's got unlimited ammo, but the problem is. Um, if you you have to wait to kill things so obviously time is the essence in the game so he's he's got that ability he's also extremely weak he's and especially from the first level when he's got one life you hit one spike and thanks for playing you're the first one dead fast but he's got sort of mid-range ammo and then your hunter and i think your gunslinger are fairly similar like i think the gunslinger's got one extra ammos but slightly slower but i i ended up like i was i ended up having a lot of differences like i was gonna have the archer fire upwards and stuff but the more, more mechanics you add and especially because mm. there's sort of in in between levels in the shop level you can buy spike immunity and you can buy all these sorts of things that are like and you can boost your jump and things like that so i didn't want to have too much in there that kind of mess with the mechanic too much and created too much variance that that made it hard to balance wow so that's that's really impressive the fact that because when I first saw it, I thought they were just cosmetic because I thought, well, there's no way that they've all got different powers and and abilities. But the fact that you've managed to give them their own little personalities and skills, I mean, that's impressive. names as well. They're all got names. That's Some a... of them are named after my kids. Like my 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 son goes by the moniker Demon Demon Speed. So one's called Demon. My my daughter's name is uh, I won't say my daughter's name, but May May is 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 her character, and then my partner's name is Rita. So she's in there as well. And then they're all namesakes of things I like. Like there's um Locke from Lock Lamora, and there's, <laughs> there's all these little namesakes in there. I let people work at MJ. MJ's in there for Michael Jackson, even though it's a female did, character. Did I was you watching know? the um on netflix <laughs> <laughs> now i tweeted this out yesterday just completely unrelated i was asking how many indie devs have put themselves in their games in some form ah. so do you have a character after you I, I i haven't done the uh the stephen king thing i don't know if you you know about stephen king but he's always no. in his movies and he, he like, oh um, yes I'll get I'll, 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 later in the the thing. I'll I'll, I'll talk a bit more about Stephen King because he's got something. To, he's got a part to play in this story as well. Oh, <laughs> he, um, cryptic. Yeah, um, yeah. But he he often puts himself in again. But I, I think um, I, I think yeah. There's there's like I, I, there's definitely a part of me in the game. I, I I not directly though. You will never find me. I'm I'm in the credits quite a bit. 
Um, I tried to scale it down and not give myself too many credits while still remaining professional. But did it um, just say me, 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 me? It's a little bit. It goes like game development level. I just wanted to like because I had to break down everything for everybody, and I really were like I even like I, I I wanted a lot of those free sound websites and edited a lot of those clips. But I tried to give credit to absolutely everybody. Like I kept a a running like I kept as much information about all the free stuff that I took so I could give everybody credit. I'm actually quite proud of the credits as well because um. I just I just found this. There was a guy who does like a free piano track, and he just this is wonderful thing. When I was making some things, sometimes things just work in games. Like it's it's usually the exception instead of the rule. And I was I was making the credits, and um, I've got like the credits are like uh are like this big long block that's sort of a sprite that that switches images as it goes across the screen, and as it rolls the little logo at the end, the last few notes of the song played, and I was like. That is just, and I've got like this, this like nighttime sort of tower scene with a fire going in the background and it's kind of very atmospheric. It just felt really nice. Like it just felt like at yeah. that point, the game was clear. I did do it tw- right kind of like obviously towards the end of the production of the game. So that was, that was kind of a really nice thing. Okay. Oh, all right. Um, but yeah, so- no, I'm, to answer your question, yeah, I'm not in the game besides my name and, uh, you know, some, some things I like in the characters' names. Okay. I'm actually, I, I do like that question. In fact, I might add that to the list of regular questions because it's quite I think that's a very, very cool, cool question because it's got a few levels to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting how, again, you think it must be very tempting to put yourself in the game. Oh, hidden gems. I love hidden gems, you know, yeah. like I think, I think they're very cool. But I don't have too many. I don't have too many in the game. I was thinking about putting some in there. You know, maybe I'll go back and do that and just do an update. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, throw, I'll throw a little Richard in there. I'll just put your face, your little block, and then your your head will pop in. <laughs> Love it. That'd be amazing. Watch out. Watch this space, everybody. Okay, so on to the next one. Um, oh, an easy one for you. Release date. Uh, the release date was the 21st of July this year. So the game is actually out on Steam, which I think answers one of the one of the next questions so if you just search dungeon scale on steam um and you can also just if you if you go to my um my twitter which is at mf product you can you can find the game there so yeah it came out 21st july this year okay so is it only on steam you don't plan to release this anywhere else no i think i'm happy with steam um steam was is is one of the things if you are again just talking to developers out there if they're listening um make sure you invest a little bit of time during your project to learn about steam and understand the process and be very careful setting your price and your release date because steam if you haven't used it before steamworks is quite involved it's it's not hard um some things are hard i think some things are difficult i didn't go overly to it but they have very specific approval processes like my images had certain issues with them when i first made them um which delayed almost delayed my release that I gave about a month when I started setting it up, but it was, it was cutting it fine by the end. Steam steam's enough for me. I, I think um, I was planning a PlayStation release, but it's very cost inhibitive to get a developer license. It's, I think it's like $800 where steam you pay the hundred dollars. And I believe um, if you make enough sales, you, you get that money back as well. So it's like a deposit, but a hundred dollars, I think, if you're willing to invest in making a full game is pretty, pretty reasonable. And you get, and that the exposure is amazing. Like the, the amount of people who actually look at your game um, is huge. Like steam do a really good job 
I think if you have a solid product, product you can it, it, you can definitely expect to get sales on Steam. I think. I what about say. the Epic Store? Do they do indie games? I suppose they do, don't they? They do, I guess. I'm really not sure, to be honest. I I did do some development in Unreal um, at one point. But I think it, it, a pretty key indication is you look at how many games are on the store. Uh, that's usually a pretty key indication of, of how many, how exclusive the platform is and how mm. rigorous it is. Like you look at PlayStation, you don't find many, you know, ham games on there. It's usually very well developed games. They've got quite a big production. Even the, even the indie games on there are very well designed and well well done because it's you, obviously you've got to have a level of budget for it. It's not something you can sort of get on and i think epic games the same i've heard with um i just recently bought an oculus rift and um their store it's like it's very exclusive you've got to have they've got a very high standard so yeah it's it i, I would love to release it like on on gog or, or something like that but um yeah I'm, I'm happy with steam at the moment i'm pretty pretty satisfied that it's, as long as it's out there people can buy it that's that's good enough for me and do you plan on any updates to the game are you looking to extend the game or or add any other features into the game in the future? I don't want to make any promises. Um, and that's why I've sort of, I haven't really said that I will, but I was working on a cop for the game and I have started that. Um, so if I do, if the inspiration does come back to me and it may, I might, it depends. I guess it depends for me, like how successful the game is, whether I get, I mean, I, it has, it has been pretty good so far. But because it's so niche, I think as well, there's no single player campaign, which I was planning to implement. I might might at some point finish the co-op, which was just going to be basically so you could play the game yourself, do like timed runs through. And the way the, the, the way I'm I'm making it, and I think so far I've got it so the players will spawn, you can get through the level. The way it works is you play the eight levels and instead of having the scaling based on your rank the scaling goes on how far you go through so you go through all the levels all eight levels on easy mode and then it scales up and then it scales up again so basically the idea will be that you get a score as you go through and then if you you die you restart the whole thing so it's like kind of like a a roguelite sort of version of the game that you can play yourself so i was, I was thinking about implementing that and i may at some point it just it's whether I, I sort of i know it takes a certain level of motivation so i have to be very enthused about it so mm. i don't want to say to people that's coming um but if i do do it um anyone who's bought the game will get that for free i'm not going to um I'll, okay. i might do like another marketing round of like you know telling people about it but it'll be an update for the game it won't be an, an additional game yeah because i suppose also mentally that must be hard work to get your head around because to you now you've finished the game and you've released it so you, it's kind of the end of the project isn't it and to sort of dive back into it and restart certain sections to add features it must be quite hard to sort of not to motivate yourself but sort of get yourself in the right headspace to to go back in rather than starting the next game oh yeah a hundred percent and i i think doing it three times two or three times before with the other games i know I have a very good indication within myself of, of what I'm capable of and what's what's going to come out of it so yeah I wouldn't attempt it unless I was sure but I think I think the thing is like I think I was saying to you before the podcast started it's like I love dungeon scale I do love dungeon scale but by the end of the process it was it was pure work it was pure work in the last days like when I was making the trailer when I was putting it out on steam and um, I, I had nothing to give 
left to give. Like I, I, I told you um, earlier that I, I gave up in April and January. When I came back in April, that is when I cut out the campaign. That is when I cut out the the, the local co-op. That's when I cut everything into what Dungeon Scale effectively is. Because I said to myself, I, I, I need to finish it. And I, I, it, was some, it was a promise I made to myself before I turned 40. I would release a game. So that's what I wanted to do more than anything. And it wasn't, you know, I wasn't trying to, you know, I, I, I realized, you know, making a, a, a co-op game that you can only play on a PC is a very small market. And I'm sure there's people that, you know, will enjoy the game. And it's a wonderful game if you've got four people to sit around and play at a computer or you've got a computer set up in your lounge room. But I realized, you know, it's got remote player enabled. Um, which I've tried and worked. So you can actually play it over the internet through sort of like a broadcast streaming thing where it takes oh, can inputs. You? Does that and, work? Yeah, and it, seems, yeah, it seems to work fairly well. I've only I've only done a small bit of testing, but I put it out there because it's like, it, it, I mean, it, my player base is so small. If I get any feedback off, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best to fix the issues. But it, it's it's basically run on Steam platform. So what it does is it's like you would broadcast the game. Some person acts as a host with the broadcast and then it takes your inputs sends them to their computer but i was playing with my friend in um, adelaide which is the next state across and he's got nbn and um i wasn't it wasn't it was responsive but i could see it being a little bit a little bit problematic so if you were thinking of purchasing it just on that basis to play with your friends i wouldn't recommend it but if if um it's something you can try out definitely do so it might work better on better internet connections i don't know um but i'm only on sell too so i haven't haven't been out of thorough test when i get to um i'll be moving house soon and getting nbn so i might give it another test and um yeah but yeah i think I, I just need um if i if i get the motivation i think that's the thing it's 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 very motivation based there is a grind to it but yeah you have to have a passion for it i think that's the thing and i think having my kids play my game having them enjoy it and have us enjoy it as a family that that always made me excited for the next weekend to implement some new things and show it to them and i was i was a little bit like you always talk about how you you, you know people should be promoting their game getting it out i was even <laughs> exclusive in my family when they got to play it. they would be asking me can we play the game can we play the game I'm like no because i knew i had to really test test it thoroughly at the end so i was like i had to had to really save their enthusiasm when I needed it. And yeah, I could tell you by the end of it, it was the last few few weekends of testing before release where no one no one was having a good time. We didn't need, we were literally sitting in um in 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 my um because I got my um computer in the, the bedroom and it's like we were literally sitting on the bed all playing and like going my my my, my girlfriend was tired from work and it was like everybody no. was everybody was done and we were just because I, I I kept um I had to, you know, I had to get footage for the game. So I had to get certain things I wanted for the trailer. And, you know, like there was still a few, there was a cup, there was an interface bug where like, you, you know, here you get like the the image where it says, oh, you know, using a bomb is a good idea at the end of the screen. That always seemed to offset for some reason. I couldn't work that out. So that looked terrible in the trailer. So I had to try and get, so it was terrible. So if someone died early, that clip was then gone because you've got this glaring bug on the screen. <laughs> So yeah, sorry to ramble a bit, but that's no, no, yeah, yes. that's um, but that's yeah. when one of the reasons because I mean I spoke to you, oh, probably two months ago, wasn't it? That we first sort of got in so, contact, yeah. and I think it was before the release, yeah, yeah. And I've been trying to stream it. I mean, aside from all my audio issues and all my chaos that I've been going through, um, <laughs> the other problem I was having is having someone to sit and play with me. 
I mean, uh, so you know, is... look, I, I would, I would, I would recommend if, if you can, um, find someone who's, who's got a decent internet connection. Try the remote play. I don't know if you've tried it before, but yeah, like I, I, said, I have. Yeah, there, there, is a slight, there is a slight lag, but it was playable. Like, um, my, it was funny. My friend, because I've programmed the the gamepad. That was the other thing. I had a lot of issues with the gamepads. Um, because I um I programmed all the gamepads to just pick up any gamepad. My friend's got a Hotas setup. He loves flight simulators. So when I got him to test it, it, it registered with a game that there was three three controllers connected. So he was playing with the throttle, I think, while I was <laughs> I was bashing away on the keyboard. So um, no, that's that's but, good. Yeah, it was, it was enough that you could probably test it. like you could probably get some footage for it um whether it would be it'd be hard to be competitive i think for the person who's connecting but you might find obviously you know england's probably got better internet than we do with your nbn you might be able to play it and you can let me know I will, how it goes no i will see now i know that i will actually try it because um i've got a you know a group of friends who play games every every single day they're oh wow on, they're on discord every single day there's normally six or seven of them play. I mean, I'm not not even without fail. <laughs> There's six or seven of them playing games. So well, if, you, if, you need, if you if you need a copy, I'm happy to um give one away. So um, oh. I don't know if Here you want to want to do that little section now. Or... <laughs> we can we can we can talk about that. People have, if people have managed this, they probably deserve a free copy. I think. Yeah. Of the games. This is probably um, going to be the longest uh, episode in history. So if you've got this far. Oh. And oh, Aaron yeah, is very it, kindly uh, going to give a copy. Look, I mean, just just like I, I was, I've actually, I've actually got. Speaking of Stephen King, before I actually got a riddle from the, um, I think it's, I think it's the third book in the series uh, of the Dark Tower series, which is a sci-fi fantasy series that I grew up reading, and Stephen King only finished in the when I was in my twenties, I think. So I read it in high school and. Um, Yes, but there's an episode where they're riddling a AI train. Um, Blaine the Mono, he's called, and um, yes, they they riddle him with fair day riddles, and there's a, there's a bit of history to it. But um, I just I just love the scene where they're riddling this this crazy train hurtling along at like the speed of sound, and it's um yeah, and the 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 the, the train is quite hard to stump. But I, I was gonna say basically, if you can get the riddle correct, how should we do it? Is it is it best if I just say look, message me on Twitter? Um, I think probably yeah. because that'll yeah. be easy. So whoever sends me the correct answer um, first by timestamp um, will get the free copy of the game and I'll give you a uh, CD key that you can just go add a game in Steam and uh, activate and it should work for you. If you have any issues, you can obviously message me. So the riddle is, with no wings, I fly. With no eyes, I see. With no arms, I climb. More frightening than any beast. Stronger than any foe, I am cunning, ruthless, and tall. In the end, I rule all. Rule all. What am I? So that's the riddle. Mm. So, so there you go. So questions. Five, five seconds of googling will probably ruin. <laughs> will probably oh, anyone fast fingers will probably win. But you know, it's all right. So yeah, you can again give your Twitter handle again. Ah, uh, yeah. So so yeah, if you message the answer to at mf product. So Midnight Fair product, MF product, um, just those two letters. You should be able to um, find me. Midnight Fair Games is, is pretty easy to find, I think, Googling. Excellent. Well, thank you and, very uh, much. Yeah, it's very generous of you. There you go. Oh, look, it's, uh, it's a pleasure. It's the least I can do for you, Richard. I think um, I'd, like <laughs> to say, I'd like to say on the record that you've been the most supportive person outside of my family in the game. 
Um, and it's really it's really helped a lot, I think, smooth a lot of the bumps along the way. You don't always get the um, best reception from people you're trying to help, you know, promote your game or, you know, talk about your game. So you have been an absolute pleasure. Well, it's very um, kind of you to say. Uh, and again, and I'm, I'm... Sending, sending the money for that. Is that coming through? <laughs> <laughs> Do I get Edit. some free noodles? <laughs> I'm going to be haunted with the noodle story for the rest oh, of my I life. Just, I just, such a good story. Such a good story. Such a um, classic story. <laughs> uh, you do have um mm. if anyone wants to know the noodle story then mm. message me because i'm not <laughs> i guarantee you i would put money there i'll put another free copy on the fact the noodle story will be in episode 17 <laughs> if the, it sh- i think it should be this is the longest episode on record we should just put it in <laughs> just stick another one in why not yeah <laughs> um if you uh i've completely lost my train of thought now i'm just thinking about noodles um mm. <laughs> well, we know where to get. Where was I going with that? Um, I think oh. you've done. You've done release date. You've done. No, no, uh, I've got it. I've got it. Oh. I've got it. I'm in there. So we were talking before, and you told me that you had a less than positive experience with keys. Um, mm. So I thought other developers may find this bit quite interesting. So what what issues did you have? Um, with so key? I. Um, so in my, um, so Midnight Fair Games at Gmail or sorry, Midnight Fair Productions at Gmail is me. Um, I'm not even sure where I have that email address linked. I think it's, I think it's linked to my Twitter, but immediately upon release, not during the coming soon phase, um, which is two weeks out from release, I started to get these, uh, emails and I'd also sort of sent out feelers to different um youtubers and you know some sort of mid-level youtubers that i thought might be interested in playing the game or i might have a chance at sort of you know letting them have a free key and see if they'd give it a try you know um and then suddenly on release i start getting all these emails from a lot of russian sort of supposed curators and youtubers and i wasn't aware but apparently it's a very common thing um for people to do is is get you to give away a free key in your game and then sell it on websites like GT, GT, G2A, um, like key resale sites. Um, but some people just do it as like, it's like a hobby for them. Like there was, there was an article that I read that was very helpful. Oh, I can't remember the name of, unfortunately, I apologize for that. But if you look up what we're talking about, you probably find this article, but he was talking about how he actually messaged some of these people to find out why you're trying to, you know, effectively steal my game. And some people just do it because they want to get, free games so there's just sort of like a, a hobby thing so there was there was some more illegitimate ones than others but I, I i started to email the first one back and i'm like hold on i clicked the link and it was a standard sort of scam thing where you're like this doesn't feel right so i thought i better do some research but i probably ended up giving away a couple of free keys to scammers anyway so look if you want to try your luck you've got my email address now so <laughs> shoot your best shot <laughs> but um yeah something to be aware of you know when you start you know, giving out keys and, um, you know, trying to promote your game. And I would say as well, like another thing with the Steam store, it's good to get up on get up on Steam as soon as you can because you can request like bunches of keys um, from them and start. And it's one of the things as well I didn't realize is it's good if you're going to market it to people is to send out those keys and you can track which key goes where. So you can say like, I, I've given you a key. I'll understand who activates this product. You know what I mean? You get an understanding yeah. of the region of where they're from. So you can sort of say, oh, oh I just okay. gave a key to 
person it's active they've played this many hours so you, you get some feedback on your game as well indirectly so something to keep in mind if you're, if you're looking at releasing but yeah definitely getting on steam early rather than later is good because i was you know at the end of my motivation period and i was having to make a gameplay trailer and you know the marketing takes some time so it's always good to i guess look into that if that's something you want to do yeah i just thought that was a really interesting um story something i've never come across yeah being on twitter since 2014 i never never heard the story till then so yeah i think i don't think anyone's brought that up either in the previous podcasts about Maybe, maybe I just, I just look like a, a victim. Yeah. <laughs> maybe my game just that good people just want to steal it. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem to be pointing to you here. Uh, but it's an interesting warning and something that, you know, probably... It might, it might even be from YouTube because I think my, um, my YouTube presence has my email address link. So it could be even something from that yeah. where they get them. But, um, it's pretty obvious when you get them because it's usually curators. Um, and the best way to, I should probably say how to fix it as well. Like if, if you're, if you're, you think you've got someone genuine interested in your game, go to their channel and, and get in contact with them. Just obviously contact them directly is the way to, to, to circumnavigate that. And they'll let you know, because a lot of people impersonate legitimate channels and they do a good job of it. So uh, okay, emails look very, and I, I'm someone who's very usually quite, you know, aware of scams, you know? You know, it's very rare that I'll click on something I'm not supposed to, you know, so it was quite convincing. Okay, that's a good warning. Being targeted again, to programmers and gamers, you've got to be, you've got to be switched on, right? <laughs> yeah. And maybe, you know, the reason why we don't hear a lot about it is either because either you're the stupid one and got busted mm. or people don't want to talk about it because they feel a bit silly. I think, yeah, and it's really, it really was. I've got to say, like, I was really hurt at the time because it's like we were talking about before is getting your game out there is so important and i definitely will be doing that if i'm going forward but i think you're so shy about your game you've invested so much time i mean just think about something in your life where you've spent a lot of effort and time and put into it and you know you've got even just a mediocre reaction it's really it's really hard it's a creative side of you it's the vulnerable side of you putting out there and then you just get all these responses and you get you get excited, you know, you know, because it's your first game. It's generally a lukewarm to zero response to your game. I mean, that's what you can expect, unless you know you've made something that's, that's I guess, super fantastic or really, really, really special. Um, you're generally going to get that sort of response. To so to have that on top is it's pretty hard. It's it's pretty awful, you know. So if you if you're silly enough, you start sending out these keys like I, I was doing. I mean, you feel you feel awful, you know, and I just think it's it, you know, I'm glad I can share it with people and let people know so they don't they don't uh don't look don't look foolish like I do. <laughs> <laughs> Much rather give away my keys on the Indie Game Yaks podcast. Now, That's my advice. Give them away for free on the Indie Game Yaks. It's good for your business. <laughs> <laughs> this message is sponsored by Indie Game Yaks. <laughs> I love it. This is amazing. All the plug all the plug in all over the place here. Um, I say about you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that coffee's kicked in you've had now oh i think so yeah i think it's it's eating too much so what about um i always say so what about I, i've noticed that because when i edit it i have to keep cutting that out um <laughs> what, about? What, about? what about what about um your game what do you want people to remember your game for is it do you want them to come away with a certain feeling or if 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 someone comes up to you and says something about your game, what do you want them to say? I'd love if I'd love to hear stories. 
like the one that I shared about me and my family is just I, I wanted to make a game that you can sit down and play with your, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, you know, your family, and just hear these stories about people playing and just having a good time. Like I just, you know, I think, like you said, there's a lot of things that you were surprised about. I hope people can get surprised about some of the things in the game. Just have fun. I mean, I find myself playing the game and just having fun playing it. So I'm assuming if I enjoy it, other people enjoy it. You know, my kids, I think, genuinely enjoyed it. So I'd love if people can just have a good time with it, you know. Um, I'd also say to people um, listening, uh, there will be a price drop probably in mid-August. So if you are thinking of buying it and you've listened this far, uh, make sure you, you wish list and wait for that because, um, yeah, I'll be adjusting the price about mid-August is all I'm going to say. So, yeah. The last question. Um, it's, a, it's a new one. What I've added in. I think I added it last week. So for people looking to get into game development, do you have a, a piece of advice that you would give them in whatever stage they're at? Is there, is there a piece of advice that would really help them um, from your experience absolutely i think get an idea i was talking to this about my friend the other day who always talks about doing things but um doesn't follow through that often but i was saying <laughs> get, a, get i think we've all got friends like that um <laughs> get, get an idea that you um you're passionate about i think that's step one and and make something that you want to play um definitely don't do what we we're talking about before and try and make something that you're going to sell because you just it's very hard to be motivated by money over the long term. I think you have to be something that you enjoy playing. And if you can get someone who else who enjoys playing it, um, then definitely find someone you can share it with. If it's your significant other and they're just excited to see what progress you've made and they see you, your blood, sweat and tears. I mean, my partner, no idea about what it takes to make a game, but I can guarantee you if I didn't have her, the game would never have got made because she was just so excited that any little thing I showed her, a moving platform, a new sprite, she'd go, oh, that looks good. you know. And that little bit of encouragement can make all the difference sometimes when you're just sweating out hours on end, hitting compile and just hitting with a brick wall. But my main advice would be stop learning and just make a game. I mean, that's the best thing I ever did was keep backing myself even though i failed two times before and i i didn't make a game and i came off you know quite disappointed of both of those i would never have made a game had i never just backed myself and started and made those mistakes so i think it's like anything it's like you've just got to be brave in yourself and know that you can do it know that you don't need to be an, an expert coder you don't need to be anything fantastic just believe in yourself and you know start small Scope something that you know that you can probably do with some tutorials and some help. And, you know, there's nothing that you can't not find on the internet with an answer, you know, and that's the best way to go, I think. Yeah. Okay. And I'd say, I'd say, um, I'd say try and learn Unity. <laughs> Sorry, Game Maker. Um, game Maker is fantastic, but I, I wouldn't be making any more games in Game Maker just because of its limitations. So I think I've kind of outgrown it. If I was going back to make another platform game, if that's what you're making or a little top-down shooter, it's definitely a very viable option for that. But I think Unity has is, is got far more scope and scale. Um, that's where I'm looking in my future. So, Yeah, Unity does seem, seem to be the main, the main platform people are choosing now. That and Unreal, I think, yeah, depending on what you're making. Of course, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's great advice. Um, and that is all the major questions that I have. Um, <laughs> then we get to rant on for another now, hour or so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, but is there anything that we haven't covered that you would like to go over? Anything about the game you want people um, to know about? I mean, you have the question about what, what are you developing now? So, I mean, there's nothing... I mean, I, my next release, would you believe it, is it, it, I'm planning... Here, here comes another game of scale that probably never get finished. But uh -oh. I'm planning a, a multiplayer VR game. That's all <laughs> I'm going to say about that. So... I'm currently spending my evenings of motivation watching uh, tutorials by a wonderful guy called Valum, who's got a wonderful, I think he's French, I think that's what the accent is, I'm not 100% sure it could be something else, but he's got a wonderful French accent, he's really good with his tutorials. I've been watching, I've got my Oculus Rift that I, I, I got myself for a birthday present, my Rift S, and I'm, I'm playing with that, and I've got uh, some nice little levels set up, and it's I'm having a wonderful time. That's all I can say. I've I worked how to pick up, pick up things and throw them at people and make guns that shoot. So, yeah. So I mean, the hard part of that is the multiplayer is going to be quite difficult. But I hear Photon is quite a good plugin, so I've got a few tutorials. But again, I'm I've got no firm plans for a game. But yeah, that's um. Okay, that's but you're, you're you're playing around. I am. Okay. Yeah, I'm having, having a fun time as as um, as you should. And where is the best place to, I know we sort of covered this mainly, but where's the best place to find out about the game or yourself or where should people go? Where are you most active? Um, I would say Twitter's probably good. I have a Facebook presence and a YouTube. So any game trailers will be on YouTube. Um, you can find me at, uh, the easiest way if you just go on Twitter at MF product on Twitter, or um, you can find Dungeon Scale on um, Steam just by searching that. Brilliant. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, this has been epic. I've loved it. <laughs> it's been epic. I'm so sorry, Richard. I know you. I know it's so late for you, mate. I, I do. I do appreciate you letting me waffle on for so long. I shouldn't have waffled on at the start. I'm losing my voice now. <laughs> my God, the longest podcast in history. Two wafflers going at it. <laughs> I know what have we done. I know. There's me saying, yeah, you know, I'll try and keep it under an hour. It's not not happening. Tell you what, it's lucky. Lucky I got up at bloody six thirty. Imagine if I if I came on now, well, you you would have been you would have been like your wife, wife would have wake it up and go, what have you been doing, Richard? Why you? Daughter comes in, you're like, go back to bed. You're like, Daddy, it's time for breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Let's do bouncing now. No, oh, no, God. Yeah, no, it's um um. I've, again, I'm losing all my trails of thought now. No, it's been it's been great. Like I said the time the time scale difference is obviously time not time scale. Yeah, I've got the word scale in my head now. The time <laughs> it gets, in, gets in there, doesn't it? <laughs> what have you done to me? The time zone difference has obviously been tricky because uh, what are you nine hours ahead of me? I nine think. hours ahead. Yes, yes. So Different sides, but we've managed to make it work, which I think is fantastic. It is, fantastic. and it's been a pleasure. I'm so glad we finally got to do this. I felt like it's uh, a long time in the making, you know. So it is. we'll have and to. I'll... Um, we have to talk about our um our plans for our future podcast i reckon we've definitely i don't think the editing is going to be uh, thrown back and forth though i don't think anyone's going to want to do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah with, with no editing which if it's not live recorded it's not happening oh yeah uh, i think we'll just have to do like a live podcast and just cut off the mic after like <laughs> Yeah. Just and then we can just look at the statistics to see if anyone ever tunes in longer than three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> just pick a random subject out of a hat. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just waffle, waffle yeah. for an hour. Um, okay. So thank you so much for joining me. It's been, it's been a fantastic chat and I really appreciate you giving a key away um, to the listeners and remember everybody, if you want to win, win a copy of the game, I can't remember what minute it was in now because it was seems like about three hours ago. But, repeat it one last time for everybody so they can get a little uh, a little yeah. reminder. 
Okay, yeah, so, okay. So you're going to read. So if you can solve this riddle, the first person to get the answer will win a copy of the game. And message me on Twitter. And then MF message, product. yes. MF product on Twitter. Send the message and you'll get a key. Wonderful. Okay. So the riddle is with no wings, I fly. With no eyes, I see. With no arms, I climb. More frightening than any beast, stronger than any foe. I am cunning, ruthless, and tall. In the end, I rule all. What am I? Wonderful. Cool. Okay. I, I, I don't have a foggiest, so I'm not winning anything. Wow. There we go. So to you, that was probably about an hour and a half long. Uh, to us, that was about a four and a half hour com- conversation. So we uh, we had a blast chatting to each other. So uh, thank you so much, Aaron. And thank you so much for giving away a key uh, on the podcast. It's very kind of you. Um, if you're listening um, and you have entered the competition, then uh, good luck to you. I hope you win. Uh, so I've got a couple of things just to go over before we go. I won't keep you too much longer. So first of all, I just wanted to say thank you for... Um, all the tweets and the reviews that have been coming. It's, it's very kind of you. It's been fantastic. So this week's review comes from the Kelsum, uh, and they've given us a five-star review. Thank you very much. It's titled Literally the Best Podcast. Uh, and they say, These episodes dive deep in with developers about their upcoming indie games. Learn all about the interesting things that happen during the development process. Check out some awesome new indie titles, and maybe even just listen in on a fun chat best podcast ever smiley face wow look at this so thank you so much Skelson, for leaving that's really kind of you um, if you do want to leave a review for the podcast please do i would greatly appreciate it um you can find the link to the apple review system in the show notes somewhere if you can leave a review anywhere else that is fantastic but i honestly don't know if you can on google and spotify i know you can't so but i appreciate all the reviews that, that have been left so far so thank you so much other than that, I do want to point you to the Indie Game X YouTube channel because after this episode was recorded, I got a little bit creative with with some uh, video editing. Now, I cannot edit videos, so as you'll probably see, but I just had great fun editing a video for Dungeon Scale. I created a little two-minute video for you to check out, um, so please head to YouTube, and I think you'll enjoy it. It's It's pretty funny even if I do say so myself. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Aaron again. And until next time, goodbye.